I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. And welcome to Gears on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, are really looking intently at each other and it's funny, talk about what we're watching. I'm Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about John Wick, Chapter 4. We'll be talking spoilers throughout, so as always, proceed with caution. But before all that, Ned, I'd love to know what you've been watching since we last recorded. Honestly, I was racking my brains and, in truth feels like barely anything apart from what we've got upcoming episodes on so i can't really talk about them yeah so we've got upcoming episodes on super mario brothers and rye lane um rye lane is out already but it's going to go on disney plus early next month and we loved it that much that we're going to do an episode on it i know it probably watch fe- it again it was only going to feature in the what have you been watching but, bit but i just loved it so much and i think when people when it goes on Disney Plus, it'll give people more of a chance to have seen it before they listen. So, yeah. But we did watch. Eo. Eo. Would you like to talk about that one? Yeah. Um, I really loved it. So basically, the premise is it's a live action remake of Shrek, but just looking at Don. No, it's not. No, that's silly. That's silly. I thought you were going to fully go into it, and I was no. going to be like, "You just asked me to talk." about it. I was it waiting for you to. It. Yeah, and you looked like, "Why has he asked me to do it?" And then you just interrupted <laughs> me straight away. I was like, "I'll go fuck myself." <laughs> go on then. So it is a Polish film about not just about a donkey, but from a donkey's point of view. So it's an I think it's a circus animal, and then protesters decide that it's no longer okay for animals to be kept in the circus so this donkey gets rescued in inverted commas and um well i suppose hijinks ensue really hijinks yeah i think he's a little bit of a cheeky chappy (laughs) he is like he does look like a cheeky donkey although it was more than one donkey when we watched the credits i think there's four or five donkeys play yeah yeah which is good because can't do a film critiquing animal welfare and then work a poor donkey to its bone. Very true. And not yeah. a single animal was harmed in the making of that film. Of course obviously. not. It really was from his perspective. Like, at some point, it was almost like the camera was in the donkey's eye. You know, you could... Like, if you'd have told me last month that camera work could make me see... Could make me feel the emotions of a donkey, <laughs> I would have laughed you out of the pub the pub. The pub. That's where I'm imagining we're having this conversation. Okay. Um, and yeah, then I watched EO and would you have it? <laughs> the camera work can make you feel the emotions of a donkey. Oh, and what I really loved about it, actually, that I thought was special to this film. The way that when like people were stroking him... It got all up close. It was almost ASMR-y. I could feel the texture of his fur while I was watching it. And I remember I agreed to put it on and I was like, it's not going to be for me. I'll have my magazine out at the same time. Like, I love a niche film, but it was just, I just read the premise of it being about a donkey. And I thought, this is going to be boring. And it actually, for I think it was about an hour and 40 minutes, I was... The magazine was put down quite quickly because I yeah. thought I'm going to enjoy this. It really takes you for a ride, doesn't it? <laughs> Pardon the bun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this, what we've been watching, is going to be a lot more kind of... We've both been watching the same thing because we now live together. So it's not oh, like before when you yeah. went off to watch things at home and I would watch things at home. Mm. We're now, you know... And we're both reading again, which is nice. I know, honestly, I'm reading such a good book. Perfume. I know this isn't a book. Podcast, I was going to say. 
but I'm pretty sure there's been film adaptations of it anyway. Has there? Mm, Is it not quite new? No, it's um, 20th century. Well, a lot of films do come from books, so, Mm, yeah. About a serial killer with a very astute sense of smell. I get the sense it's gearing up for it to be about him making perfumes out of dead people. Wow. Which I'm quite excited for. But honestly, the writing is incredible. Oh, well. Seek out the adaptations if there are any guys. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to TV, I've picked, obviously, I'm weekly, I'm watching weekly episodes of both Succession and Ted Lasso, which I'm very much enjoying. Um, wow. I've just thought of a thing that I've also been watching, but I'll let you No, I was just going to say, but the second episode of Succession, like the first one, was a bit, yeah, it's good, but it needs, you know, needs to come back with a bit more of a bang than that. And then the second episode was just perfection. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just so, so good. So, yeah. Um, literally if anyone's never seen it, I think the first season does start quite slow. I think it took me to about five or six to fully get into it, which I wouldn't normally have the patience for, but once you're in, you're in and I'm gutted that it's ending, but I'm not, I'm hoping it means it ends on it, you know, in the, in the time frame that it should have done. The few episodes that you've been watching while I've been like pottering, or whatever, they all just annoy me. Well, that's the like, point. So, I know, but like... Well, why, you asked me, the, is it in on the joke? I, I was like, myself... 100% it's in on the joke. Yeah, yeah, but why do I want to put myself through hours and hours of that for them to annoy me? Because in a way, the way it's written, it's a bit like The White Lotus. You do end up kind of rooting for some of them now and again. Mm. It's clever. Um, and Ted Lasso's great. Um, is it? You would like that. The jokes that he cracks are like jokes that you crack. A lot of people ask me if I watch Ted Lasso. Don't actually, they? Yeah. You know, apparently it's it's huge in America and obviously it's won loads of awards, but it's not not that many people watch it here. And I do just think, again, because it's not many people subscribe to Apple TV here, mm. um, which is, you're missing out, as I've said many times on this podcast. But A lot of people just have Netflix because it's familiar. Yeah, and Even Disney Plus now. Yeah. But speaking of Netflix, that's a good segue. I've gone back in to you. To me? <laughs> I thought you said we weren't going to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So obviously season four was out and I'd not seen season three. Which which um, right winger on American TV was like, what do you mean me? I'm right here. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> been watching you. Me? <laughs> Why have you been watching me? <laughs> That's so silly. Um, but it's crap. But it's so addictive. Oh, is it? It's not... Hasn't it's, the main... It's not good telly. Well, it is, because it's so addictive, but it's like a soap. Hasn't the main actor recently announced his relationship to... Um, I want to say a makeup artist or someone. Well, I think he has announced a Penn Banchley. Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. He has announced some Congrats, form of relationship guys. because... In season four, there's quite a bit of sex in the, the show. That's Apparently that. in season four, he had it written in his contract that he no, like, no longer wants to do sex scenes to respect his relationship, which has opened a, a bit of a discourse in the film industry to be, you know... What is he is, gay in it? No. What is acting and is it disrespectful? And he just thinks he would rather not have sex with somebody on screen... Right, nobody asked for my 10p in this, but I'm going to offer it anyway. If he doesn't want to do sex scenes, then don't make him do sex scenes. Well, he's not. That's well, what I'm saying. Well, that's my point. Like, why does it have to create a discourse? Well, Just because it's like, actors... it's acting, isn't it? Yeah, but let actors do the jobs they want to do and not do the jobs they don't want to do. Yeah, but you can understand, I mean... You hear that people sentence and you can winch. understand it would be a talking point. You know, uh, there's yeah. been op-eds about it and people discussing it on podcasts. I mean, what opinions is there to have about it, though? Well, because it's acting. It's just a job. I know it's acting and it's just a job. And if the sex is needed for the story, then... Then don't take that role. <laughs> I know, but he's already for three seasons in, now into the fourth. So. Yeah, but now he's got a bit of bargaining power because... the show can't go on without him in that role yeah he can say i don't want to do that anymore 
Interesting. I didn't really have an opinion on it. I was just bringing yeah. up the that opinions have been made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all we've watched. As I say, we saw Super Mario's last last night. Super but, Mario last night. Rylane episode coming up. Um, I do think the Super Mario the Brothers one. episode will be fairly short because not to give a sneak peek preview of our reviews, but there's not much to it. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like you could get me ranting about it, so maybe we could fill a whole episode. Okay, we'll see. Either way, oh, what's been in the news, King? <laughs> Ned's angry noise there was because I did this. I just do it to like let's move on. That's all. Oh, you just need a less like. Um, I'm gonna say condescending, but I don't think that's the right word. Hand gesture. What the? Yeah. That is like, I do like going her. on too long. No, well, well, we'll come up with it off, yeah. off, ca- off camera, off mic. Let's not waste any more um, time on this What's been one. in the news? What has well, been in the news? Um, this weekend, we're recording on Easter Sunday, it has been Star Wars celebration in London. Um, and it was rumoured that Lucasfilm were going to announce uh, a movie. And they did not disappoint. So, main talking points... Kathleen Kennedy, the producer at Lucasfilm, um, has said that the the films that they do have are, and I quote, pretty far along in development. And they announced not one, not two, but three films. (laughs) Don't really know what order they're going to be in. What are they? So we've got a film directed by Dave Filoni, who does Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's doing Ahsoka. He is going to direct a film that will tie up what they are deeming as kind of the Mandoverse. So it'll have multiple television series, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, it's had the Book of Boba Fett, and then there'll be a feature-length film to kind of tie it all and conclude whatever the story is that they're saying. Oh. Don't know the time frame on it, because I think there's a fourth season of the Mandalorian to come the out. title? No, not okay. yet. Okay. Um, the next one is going to be directed by Shameen Obeid. Just before you get onto that one, are we doing a Mandalorian episode? I think so, yeah. Okay, so I won't go into it then. No. Um, Shamin Obeid Chinoy, um, which, from what I understand, is a continuation of the Skywalker saga. So it'll take place five years after the events of Rise of Skywalker. Which is episode nine. nine. And Daisy Ridley is coming back as Rey. Yeah. And it will be all about her reforming the Jedi Temple Order. order. Yeah. Cool. Bit sceptical about that one because I didn't like episode nine, but we move. Um, And then Lucasfilm were obviously so impressed with James Mangold's um, Indy 5, Mm. which is clearly good because I am being taught... No, I've seen that... Indy 5 will premiere at Cannes Film Festival. So, if that's not a good sign, What's then... Indy 5? Indiana Jones 5. Oh, right. Okay. So he's directed that as well. And that's also Lucasfilm. Yeah. So the they obviously... Destiny. Yeah. So they obviously like him enough that they're bringing him in to do a Star Wars film that will be set way back in the timeline and will be about the founding of the Jedi religion, and it sounds really cool. It's He said he wants to do, like, a kind of... Re- As in, quasi, like thousands of years back. Like, way, way back at the beginning of the timeline. It'll nice. follow the first Jedis, yeah. Um, oh, that's fun. So, yeah, I don't know what order they're coming in. I know, I think the one with Daisy Ridley has been written by Stephen Knight, um, who I said, who I mentioned before, who's done Peaky Blinders. I think that script's ready, so maybe that'll be... Okay. Um, the first one, apparently Taika Waititi's Star Wars film is still working away. He's still working away on it, but... Well, it hasn't been scrapped, but God knows when it'll come out because they've already announced three films. Yeah. So, um, And that's definitely not one of them. No. Yeah. Ryan Johnson was also pegged to do a Star Wars trilogy, um, but apparently it's not actively in development. I think he's too busy with all that... Netflix dollar doing Glass Onion and the like. Yeah, right in the the third. What was it called? Not Glass Knives Out. The the third Knives Out story. So, yeah. 
Um, Tales of the Jedi is officially getting a season two, which I think I watched. It was like short animated, epi- like anthology you know, episodes. I say, beyond the films and maybe the last two to three years of TV shows, live action ones, I'm not really up to date with Star Wars franchises. Well, what are you not up to date with? Well, there's a load of animated ones. Well, there's seen. only the Bad Batch, which I watch now and again. But I wouldn't say that anime... And there's a few of these. There was that Star Clone Wars Visions Wars? that... Oh, they're that old thing? now. Oh, are they? Are they not canon? They are, but you'd have to watch... They're like hundreds of episodes. Well, yeah. Like hundreds, but yeah. I've never seen them. Oh, okay. So, um, we got a trailer for Ahsoka, which is coming out in August, which looks very good. Yeah. Um, but I won't be fooled by a trailer again, because I thought the Obi-Wan trailer was great, and then really didn't like it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, sorry, going back to James Mangold, it says it's about the dawn of the Force. Um, right. Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which was meant to be a... Not Gal Gadot, the director of Wonder Woman. Why has that totally gone out of my head? But anyway, it was apparently that had been canned, but it might still happen. Um what was interesting, and I've noticed, and I won't get into it as I say, because we have, we have said that we'll do... Um, episode on the third season of Mandalorian when the final episode airs, but they have the producer kind of said that the Mandalorian in the title no longer necessarily means Din Jarin because mm. you know because there's now quite a few Mandos. Well, it's very much focused on Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan in yeah. this this season, and it's almost like Bo-Katan she's the tiny, titular character now. Um, so yeah, there's that. We're getting yeah, I you know it got me a bit excited about um, Star Wars again. There's the Acolyte, which is coming out in 2024, which is a Disney Plus show. Um, there's Skeleton Crew, which is coming this year um, on Disney Plus. You know, I'm quite happy to see Daisy Ridley back. I don't think she's the greatest actress, but I I, I did quite like her character in the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't. Andor season two won't be out till next summer, but I'll wait for that because it was worth the wait. But the acolyte is apparently described as frozen meets Kill Bill, which is perhaps the weirdest combination of films. Yeah. But it's set during the High Republic era, and it delves into the Star Wars universe and tells the story of the entire world that I look. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know, but it's meant to be good. Looks good. That's out next year. So lots and lots of Star Wars news. I'm still scrolling. I could go more. And we did all, with Lucasfilm, we did also get that Indiana Jones 5 trailer, which we're not doing on Trailer Trash or Treasure, but it would be Treasure because it looks really good. Well, that seems like a good point at which to bring us to Trailer Trash or Treasure. Let's let's segue in, yeah. Um. This week's trailer. You haven't done your little spiel. Well, no, I thought there's no point segueing in twice. Okay. All right. Let's keep it. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Let's keep it fresh and organic. This week's trailer, and I know we've done it before, but that was just a teaser. Well, apparently, when I put the link in, this is teaser trailer two. So I'm hoping we'll get like another one one before the summer release. She's not worked it out. This is basically the reason I've not watched anything else because I've been watching this on repeat. I loved that tweet today. Barbie. LGBT stands for Let's Get Barbie Tickets. <laughs> Link yeah. to this is in the show notes, so if you'd like to pause now and watch along with us, do so. If not, we'll see you after But for now, vocals. come on Barbie, let's go party. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, 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 yeah. I'm going to beat you off. <laughs> I tell you, I wouldn't mind seeing Simo, Liu and Ryan Gosling beach each other off. I know, right? Not to be all like... Especially if Michael Sarah's watching like that. <laughs> Do you find him attractive? No, I just love him. I think he's really funny. But what a cast. So you've got Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, and then you've got loads of different Barbies. Right? So many. Kate McKinnon, Issa Rae, Alexandra Shipp, Emma McKay, uh, Dua Lipa. 
and then others. Dua Lipa's a mermaid Barbie. She is. And then there's different versions of Ken played by Kingsley Benadir, Simu Liu, Scott Evans and Shuti Gatwa. And then you've also got Connor Swindles, Michael Sarah, Helen Mirren as the narrator, um, Emerald Fennell, Will Ferrell, America Ferreira, like John Cena. It just doesn't stop. And this trailer doesn't really tell you what it's about, which I'm totally fine with. I think that's why they've called it a teaser trailer, isn't it? But even so, I think I'm getting the vibes of what, what I think it could be. Yeah, I was on the phone to Louie, brother Louie, for those of you who didn't know. Shout out. Um, hi, Louie. Um, and he was like, yeah, from that, it looks basically like it starts off in Barbie land and then Barbie and Ken go on an adventure into the real, real world somehow. But I think the themes of it is it's like exploring gender dynamics and gender norms and like subverting them. Oh. I do think that's, especially with Greta Gerwig yeah. directing, I think that's, and a few times um, Margot Robbie has said in interviews that when she read the script, she thought there's no way this film is getting made. Um so oh. I think it's going to be really cool and really different. That's um, fun. And, but yeah, I just think it's going to explore the Barbie kind of franchise. And, and because I guess Barbie and Ken is so gendered as well. Like in the, the when Barbies first um, came yeah. about, you would have got a girl, a Barbie and a boy, a Ken. And if a boy played with a Barbie, it was like, no, you can't do that. So... Yeah, and um, I suppose, like, the history of Barbie as well, like, it is the epitome of unrealistic body ideals, isn't it? Yeah, that as well. Um, and all of that. Mind you, everyone in it is gorgeous, but it is Hollywood. Well, I know. Um, Ryan Gosling's, like, neon blonde hair is 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 quite... Uh, actually does things for me that I didn't think it would. Really? But I tell I you, the think... sexiest shooty gat was who wasn't really yeah. in that trailer. He look, he looks mm. fit. I think yeah. Ryan Gosling's is my favorite of the promo posters. Yeah, oh, yeah. and the promo poster has, has gone all over the, the internet because you can put your picture in and say this See, Barbie is, this Barbie is whatever. I saw one where Cthulhu was Barbie. Who? Cthulhu. I don't know who that is. Mythical beast. Looks a little bit like. Davy Jones in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I saw one that B and Q had put a barbecue, saying this 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 Barbie is for roasting or something like that. And I was like, good on them as a brand for. We it were really saying it in our good. work chat. Was there any of our clients that we could jump on like with the trend with? But I don't think there is. And it's so reactive. By the time we all go back to work on Monday or Tuesday, it'll be the next thing will be here. Yeah, um, you'd be noticeably late to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I just like, I'm really scared it'll flop. But original, fe- I literally can't imagine it flopping. It's just because it's going up against Oppenheimer on the same weekend. Granted, the audiences I think will be so very different. different. But I just want them both to thrive and just find their audiences and do, do really well. Bill. I think we've said we'll do this before. Then Barbie. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be that way around if the timings work. Um, yeah, no, I think it'll do really well for much the same reason, although well, slightly differently, that Super Mario's done really well. Well, this year, if a film's good and it's original, mm. it's... It's doing quite well. Like yeah. Creed, I mean, they're all franchises, a lot of them, but like Creed's done well. John Wick's done well. Dungeons and Dra- Dragons has done all right. And you just think, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Super Mario, which I know we'll get into more, has done well because it's got like, what, five decades of fans? There's obviously a lot of Mario fans out there audience. as well, still. And Barbie is older than that as a thing and I'm not saying that 70 years worth of people are gonna go and watch it because it's a Barbie film but it is the first Barbie film that's like adult skewing and I really hope I really hope it angers the people that want it to anger if it is leaning into those kind of Mm. gender stereotypes because Hollywood is the polarization of society is affecting Hollywood films at the minute yeah and I just hope it really goes for it. And if you're right wing and you don't like it, then asses to you. I'll beat you off. Yeah. Trash or treasure? I think we both know the answer to that. Treasure. 
the treasure is glistening as much as all the sets are in this film. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now for this week's headline feature. It's John Wick, Chapter 4, coming up after this break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So John, John Wick chapter Mike. four. I will preface this. I've got so many notes for this film. Oh I've my made God. surprisingly like, More than I planned. Absolutely, Lords. Um, but shall we set the scene with the synopsis first? Have you got one? Have you copied and pasted it? I, I have, but know. it's a good one. Okay. So, John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Fair, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Um... Where to start? I mean, can I just say, finally, it wasn't just about his car. This is where I'm... So, (laughs) I know Ned's mentioned on the podcast before that he hasn't got on with the previous three films, and you found the third the best out of them all. I found the third to be the most palatable until this one came on. But then I don't think this one is distinctly different in kind of storyline than the first two. It is. Do you not just think it takes... The the better thing about it is how much it takes the action to another, just a whole new other level. No, with this one, I can appreciate that it takes the action to a whole new level, but that's what people were telling me about the other ones too. The other ones, that it was my problem with it wasn't the filmmaking or the action. It was the story was just so unimportant. But even the story in this, like, it does have a story, but I think Keanu Reeves has probably got about 20 lines in the whole film. I know, but this one, this is about, there is a system of the ruling elite that are so far removed from everyday society that you literally only meet a couple of people who they employ to enforce the rules of this society that they've got going on. Um, and because they can make their own rules and the rules are so convoluted and all based in like ethereal traditions they basically can just pick and choose which rules they want to enforce when to meet their own aims and for whatever reason they get it in for John Wick and he's like fuck this I have to clear my name and this is the adventure I have to go on to do that it's like a big it's like rooting for the little guy finally that's really interesting that you say that because there's a couple of points of your opinions of these films that I think might, I either want to think would be different or I'll challenge, okay? Mm. First point, I wonder if you'd have liked these films more if you'd have, if you'd have seen them in the cinema, like the first three. Because, I mean, we saw this on an IMAX screen and I'm sure you can say in one, two and three there are good action sequences that would probably have been amazing to have seen on an IMAX screen. Yeah. Um, like this one takes the action. I mean, I've wrote unrelenting action. Like there are a couple of times where I think you could potentially get a little bit of like scene fatigue with it. Because you think this is going on and on and on. Yeah. But the action is just so engrossing. It just an inventive. It yeah. doesn't. It it doesn't 
really do it. And literally, it was one of those films that as soon as the credits rolled, I could have watched it again. Ooh. Like I generally could. And I can't wait to watch it when it comes out on streaming because I just think it's so good. There was two points I wanted to say. I can't, I'd done the first one. The first was, I should have seen the others at IMAX. Oh, the second one about you saying about the law and stuff. Mm. That's my one... It's interesting that you think that's quite good, that they can evoke whatever bits to make bits work. Mm. That's the bit that I actually didn't get all that along with. Um, So I've said in my notes that I just find the building of the law a bit convenient. You know, oh, now we can invoke a duel to get you out of this sticky situation. And it's kind of like they've, they've picked a plot... And they think, right, they almost work backwards and say, what new laws can we come up with? It's not as if, to me, what I'm trying to say is, it's not as if there's a rule book that's been written before any of these films were even started. But that's exactly my problem with the first three, is that there isn't any depth in the law, which is why the storyline is so shallow. It's literally about his car. So you think them inventing these new laws was a plus? Yeah, and it's not. It doesn't feel so out of place to me because um, them inventing new laws. First off, if they didn't, there wouldn't be a very good film. Yeah. And second, the point is that the mysterious ruling class invent laws when they want to. Yeah, that's true. And enforce that's, rules that's that nobody's ever heard of before because of something that somebody wrote 300 years ago. Like, that's the point, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah. I found that it gave it an interesting conflict, get this, between justice and the judiciary. Wow. Well, that's, let me just, expanding on that, let me just kind of set, set the scene right at the beginning. So this all kind of continues the end of the second film where John Wick kills somebody on continental grounds, which is a big no-no. Yes. The third film is then basically him being tracked down with a bounty on his head. He still has the bounty on his head in this film, but he kind of faked his death at the end of the third film. He did that to escape. Yeah, but... The high table, didn't he? This kind of opens and sets the scene by him being in a desert where he kills the elder and the elder operates kind of outside of the high table. And then we kind of get this new person come in and played by Bill Skarsgård, who is called, uh, oh, literally is he the French one? Sharon. No, no, that's not, no. De Gramont. We'll get to, my French accent accent was bad, but we'll get to Bill Skarsgård later. Um, So we've got this new kind of villain um, who's part of the high table and Mm. he's kind of punishing anybody that had anything to do with John Wick. And he then uh, declares Winston um, excommunicado, blows up the Continental in New York um, and then kills Lance Reddick's Sharon. in front of Winston, which was sad because just yeah. before this, like it had more relevance to see him die because oh, yeah. he, he had was, literally just died in real life. So that poignant. was quite. I think it was that week that we saw it. He had died. He had, yeah. Um, um, so it was quite sad to see that. Yeah. Um, but all that kind of stuff at the beginning, kind of killing the elder and then the Continental being blown up, really kind of yeah. tells you know sets thing? the scene and there's a lot of high stakes in this. One problem that I had consistently that just kept pulling me out i mean it wasn't difficult to get back into it was every time they said excommunicado i was like why can't you just say it's communicated you're literally speaking english the entire way through oh is that them just saying it in a different language do we think spanish isn't it is it sexy though isn't it it's like i'm excommunicado um but speaking of accents and performances might not be spanish but yeah yeah go on i didn't think Bill Skarsgård was the greatest in this. Oh. And I it thought must his... be quite a challenge to maintain a French accent for that long. Although I suppose he was taking doing takes, not actually. It wasn't like it was on <laughs> stage, was it? No. Um, um, no, yeah. it wasn't the strongest of accents or the most convincing. Um, but out of all the performances, I would say that is the weakest, but it's not weak. Yeah. But props to Keanu because... He does loads of his own stunts. Yeah. 
He's 58 years old and like he has very little dialogue in these films and you can see what he's thinking just Which, from to his... to be honest, I'm not mad about. No, like it's not a talky film and there shouldn't no. be. Um, they talk with guns instead. They talk with um, fists. But yeah, I just think um, just pr- like to do what he does is just phenomenal. Um, mm. And I just think he's really found his strengths in films like these um, yeah. and should continue to do so. Um, Go on then. What were your some of your favourite action sequences? Oh, see, a lot of people reviewed this film and said the action's not very good. Well, no, you can't say that. The action's not as good until it gets to Paris. But I thought each action scene had such a distinct flair. And I actually think, like, let's park Paris for a bit because that's just like the final hour and it's just crazy. I loved all the stuff in the Osaka Continental. Literally same. Like, it was just so cool seeing that world in a different country. That took me quite often to Kill Bill, as it goes. Yeah, it did. And I think... I love how in parts of it, especially in that sequence where, like, the music kicked in as the action was about to kick off. Oh, my God. The music um, was so good. Really, really well used throughout, I think. Um, I loved Hiroyuki um, Sanada and Rina Sawayama as Shimazu and Akira. Mm. Um, like, I didn't think Rina's acting was, like, phenomenal, but it was, you know... I for, liked her in it. For a, for a debut... Um, you know, it's great, and we'll get to this later. But she might, her story might continue potentially. Yeah. Um. As so, as a musician, dipping her toe in the acting world, it could have gone a lot worse than it did. Actually, I re- I enjoyed her part in it, and I was a bit sad that she wasn't in it all that long. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. I think um, she could have. She could have found her place in later acts as well but yeah it's um, like you asked me that original question about what's the favorite fight favorite like i find it really difficult i just think they all had such distinct flavor i tell and also like bringing someone in like donnie yen as kane that was cool um a blind guy called kane it was funny i've wrote on my notes is like will they always name the famous assassins for what they wear or accessorize with or are they going to have about a deaf that. one called Hearing Aid? <laughs> yeah. Um, but just that, that just added another. And Donnie Yen's cool as it is. So it's just like, oh, yeah. this film is great. Um, I loved the sequence in kind of the cl- Berlin Club where all these people were absolutely oh my God, like. I forgot about that when I was writing my notes. Yeah. That was really good, actually. Yeah. So you've got, um, you've got Scott Ad- Adkins as a ca- character called Killer. Um, and I actually thought it was quite camp his role. Like, was he the the big chubby one? The big guy with the casino. Yeah, he had some lights behind him at one point. I think when he had his table in front of him, and the lights were obviously supposed to look like a throne. Gave me very Game of Thrones type, the swords. He reminded me of Penguin throne. as well in Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looked very um, graphic novel. Yeah, he did. Because it's almost in like his setting. Yeah, his 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 weight wasn't almost like what yeah. a large person would even look like. No. And I and I thought it was hilarious how he was fighting with John Wick. And I loved all the scenes with the water and it was really cool. That was absolutely nuts. But, and all of those people just there for a night out on so many drugs. Like, it takes them so watching. long to realise that then, people are fighting. And then suddenly they're like, what the fuck? It's like someone's like, oh, they've come out of some LSD trip that they're on and think, oh shit, this is real. Um, but the way he dies by falling on his head, yeah. I laughed then because it was yeah, so it, silly. It, did, it but, did catch me off guard a little bit, actually. But yeah. Um, but, I mean, loved all that, but should we get to Paris? Uh, have I got any more non-Paris? No, I'm in Paris next to my favourite fight sequences. Yeah, um, 
the whole of Paris is literally some of the best action sequences I think I've ever seen. There's mm. this tracking shot where the camera is in the roof and it's following John Wick round the end the up house. In some, it's like a mansion that's fallen into disrepair and is being renovated so it's not currently inhabited, I think, is kind of explained, like sets the scene. There's loads of holes in the floor and like walls that don't have doorways but are obviously big holes and stuff and mirrors covered in dust sheets and just loads of stuff to break basically loads of walls that can easily be chucked people through them yeah and stuff so yeah. many guns yeah so many guns and the camera is bird's eye view like my jaw was on the floor i was like and i was like what am i what this oh, is I know, so inventive. Like, it's quite simple, really. Well, it's not. I'm sure it's a very technical thing to shoot, but to just kind of put the camera up. Like, in concept, it's like, oh, we'll just film this from bird's eye view. Mm. And to make it, it's so effective. Yeah. And it was, it made it, I think it made it easier to follow. Well, what also made made it easier to follow is how they put a thing on the bullets. So every bullet that was fired from John Wick was like a firework. Because if you imagine, if you're from yeah. above, if, if it was just normal bullets, it might be quite hard to, yeah. to follow. And I thought, that's so inventive to think, Clever. how can we... I really want to do this shot, but if it was just normal bullets, it's not going to have the the same kind of effect. Yeah. You're not going to be able to follow the action as well as you can. And I was what just were like, those bullets called? I don't know, but they kind so of like cut a... like a grip. They, put, they were like normal bullets, but they kind of put a... They cut into them a bit at the front, so it's almost yeah. like they, that made it explode out of the barrel. Didn't he also have one that was called something like um, a flaming dragon or some something like that? And after he shot it, it caught people's clothes on fire. Am I thinking of a different film? No, that is that one. Yeah. Is that the same? Is that what like he was about? shooting them, and then because there was fire fireworks, yeah. it would set them on fire as yeah. well. Yeah. But just that visual element of it, you cool. could follow it. You could follow the action from yeah. bird's eye view. Um, and yeah, the the whole Paris scene is he's being challenged to a duel, um, and basically uh, he hasn't been challenged. He's the challenger. Yeah, but the, there's a duel happening at sunrise and. Um, Degramont puts a twenty-six million dollar bounty on his head yeah. to basically people. Someone's going to kill him before he even even like has to do this duel. Oh, so no, it's just this guy, this guy, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's basically his role. He's like an inher- He's got an inherited position at the high table, so he's got all of the like generations of wealth and class and eliteness behind him so he's obviously got this air of superiority and entitlement about him it just makes you hate him so i mean i can get over the accent because i hated the character enough to not really care about how he sounded um and his whole thing like giving it almost to big bollocks but was too afraid to fight his own battle so tried to pay his way out of it yeah all right yeah, um, and just how, like, you know that he's going to make it to the duel because it wouldn't be a film, but it still felt very tense. And all the bits at the Arc de Triomphe on that roundabout was just... Was that on the way to the Sacré-Cœur? Yeah. So the duel is happening at the Sacré-Cœur, which, for those of you who don't know Paris, is at the top of a big hill. And one of the walking routes up there is something like 200-odd steps. Which is where... A very crazy action scene yeah. goes down. So you go from the Arc de Triomphe in all the traffic, loads of people getting shot at, loads of car crashes, all of this kind of thing. Where I think I actually noticed a little continuity error, I which know, I like. just mentioned that. Because um, one of the drivers disappeared while they were fighting on the side of his van. Um, Don't you think that's weird that nobody spotted that in post? Or yeah. if they did, they were like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, you could just tint the windows so you couldn't see the driver to start what with. What was CG? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so it goes from that, which is a pretty cool scene anyway, and then not too far off later, he is heading to the Sacré-Cœur, gets to the bottom of these stairs, and it's like, 
the sky is starting to get a little bit light so you know sunrise is going to be soon and obviously if he misses this jewel then he's died, dead anyway and Winston would be dead and Winston would be dead yeah um, so the stakes are really high you get really tense and then you look up these stairs and it's like from a video game like you just you can see the enemies waiting for Do you know what it reminded me of as well it was like the way all these assassins and enemies popped up it looked like a theater like they all stepped in from yeah. the wings because it's like where are all these people coming from it was like um like special ops training in cinema and tv i can't think of a specific example of when i've seen it before but like someone's learning how to shoot guns and like cardboard cutouts pop out and you're like, don't shoot that one. That's a mother with a baby. That's the bad guy. That kind of, you know, those sorts of scenes. It was yeah. one of those and it was really fun. I mean, the body count alone on those steps was mad. Never mind the full film. Absolutely. I'm sure somebody will go through it and say how many people John Wick kills in this film or yeah, how definitely. many bullets are shot. But my God, it is obscene, especially because Kane as John Wick is struggling, Kane, mm. even though he's kind of against him, but mm. Kane's been put in a position where um, De Grammont is going to make him fight it in the duel. So they're kind of like, I felt like they were like, come on, let's get to the top of this step well, and get like that shit done. Well, they're like friends as well. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit of an extra fuck you by De Grammont to both of them, actually, to make them duel because he's got something held over Kane where basically Kane can't get in touch with his daughter who lives in Paris. And I, I get the sense that if he does, then Degramont can easily just arrange for his daughter's mysterious disappearance or something like that. Yeah. So uh, something's obviously gone on in the past, which is probably explained at some point, but it's a detail that went over my head. You know um, what was interesting? And I didn't think it quite worked for me. I didn't really understand Mr. Nobody. Well... Basically, he was somebody. He was the one who was kept phoning Degramont um, and was like, "I'll get John Wick for you if you give me twenty six million or whatever." And then he the kind guy of with the dog. Yeah, yeah. So it was basically like we were following. We were getting a little bit more from one of the people that was after John Wick. It was almost like, but what was good? Yeah, is how he then went on John Wick's side because. John saved his dog, which I thought was a nice nod to kind of how yeah. the franchise started. I liked how it brought him in as well, because he was in it from quite early on. I think he first showed up in Osaka, and he basically yeah, got he his did in the foyer. Yeah, and there was a picture of John Wick and like a list of numbers with like increasing number of millions of dollars for his bounty, obviously. And he was basically tracking John Wick so that once the bounty got to I can't remember how many millions he wanted. Um, he'd be the one to kill him. Well, I think he wanted 40 the... because he did yeah. get it, an offer from Degramont to get yeah. to 40. But at this point, John had saved his dog. So he was so like... He was just playing him off him by that point. Yeah. But I liked that because it gave him kind of this little... John Wick always had a little bit of backup. So it kind of made the fact that he survived all of this intense action a little bit more plausible because there was never just one pair of hands yeah it was always mr nobody um getting the assassins before they could get him because obviously he wanted to wait until the bounty was high enough which liked yeah and then when we get to the top of the steps the jewel ensues and that was tense what i thought was a bit weird is degramore picked a blind guy to do it Kane. Yeah, no, it's not just any old blind guy, though. It's like a fierce assassin. Yeah, but the, they've picked and the like weapons. He's, he's beyond proven his... No, I know, but they've picked the weapons, Yeah, which is a pistol, and they yeah. have to walk, you know, like a, almost like a Western yeah, yeah. who shoots first kind of thing. And I was like, it's not really... I mean, I know he's, he's a bit like Daredevil. He hasn't got his sight, but he's like other senses are... Yeah, he knows exactly where John Wick is. Yeah. And it, I just thought we're getting towards the final bits of it now, but it was clever how John takes the hit of the third bullet and Degramon thinks he's shot it, so yeah. he's celebrating and then doesn't realise that John actually hasn't yeah. shot it. So then when Degramon runs up to him, he just... Gone. Get I can't remember the line Winston says, but I wish I could. Because he's like, you... 
He's arrogant like, fucker or something yeah. like that and i was yeah. like yeah shoot him <laughs> uh like because he's just so cocky and thinks he's won um yeah so yeah and then i quite liked as well just to add to you mentioned everything had it so what did you say different flares maybe basically i think that tracked with the geography because once we got to paris um and the bounty was riding. And you know, like, I love it when it goes to those, like, call centres, like the telephone operators. Oh, like, yeah. John Wick. Tattoos. <laughs> Excommunicado. Um, and then there's that radio DJ sitting at the oh, top of the yeah, tower. Yeah. And she's telling everyone where to go. But, like, through, like, poems, like... She was, like... It was really like sultry and seductive, and even the and the, like the shot of you, all you could see was her mouth and the microphone, and it was almost ASMR-y. Again, oh, gorgeous! Um, um, it was really fun, and I liked that. Um, but yeah, it 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 was, and like the music she was playing on the radio, that was cool was because really cool. Um, I just thought, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, so, yeah, um, what else have I got by the end? So then John Wick, kind of, after the duel is done, sits on the steps of the Sacrement. Sacré-Cœur. Sacré-Cœur. What's Sacrement? Oh, sac- oh, that's Sacré-Bleu. Um, Sacré-Cœur. Um, and he kind of sits there and he thinks about his wife and he thinks about where he's gone to. And then it seems like, from the ending of the film, that he succumbs to his injuries because... The final frame is Winston and Lawrence Fishburne's character, who isn't in this one much. Um, but I do like him. Um, kind of a stood at his grave and he's buried next to his wife. And for all we know, John Wick is dead. Um, I get the sense he's not there. You never well, that's what I was going to say. Is he dead? But what I think they've done is it could end now mm. if it wanted to and yeah. be fine. But it could also come back. And whilst we're getting plenty of spin-offs, so currently we've got um, Anna de Armas's ballerina, which is out, got dated for next summer, um, which to think of her so in this world. So is she going to be part of his like Belarusian family? I think so. that's the only time I've seen any reference to ballet. Yeah, and I think apparently Keanu Reeves does reprise his role, but it's set before yeah. these. Um, but yeah, that and to think of her in this cool world of like ultra violence because what mm. I, she was one of the best things about no time to die and she was criminally underused. So, so we've got that. Um, that's set between chapters three and four. We've got a spin off television series entitled, entitled. Is that what the word is? Yeah. Oh, felt like I was saying like entitled, but yeah. Called the continental, which is all about like the, the setup of the continental. Um, and then what we then get, we actually get a post credit scene, which we didn't stay for, but I can tell you what happened. Did we not? I no. didn't know there was one. I don't think I did either, which is very unlike me. Mm. Um, but basically we see Rina Sawayama's Akira um, returning to Paris, looking for Kane, Donnie Yen's character, to avenge her father's death. We did see it. Did we? Yeah. Did we? Yeah, that rings a bell. Um, so, you know, we've definitely got one spin-off in, already in the works for next year. We've got the TV series, and I would love to see a Yen, a Donnie Yen-helmed film about Kane. And Great. I think there will be a John Wick 5, especially with how well this is done. We're currently at $304 million on a budget of 100 so we're well into profit. And... Wow. I think, but I almost think let John Wick, like the main timeline, rest for a while. Mm. No, maybe do a couple of ballerina films. Do what, like, whatever. Let it let it um, mature like a fine wine. Or well, I just think it's so good. This I feel like having because originally chapters four and five were meant to film back to back, then due to the COVID pandemic, they kind of scrapped filmed them back to back and just went with four. Yeah. And Chad Stahelski. I feel like I'm glad they did that, though. Yeah, I'm glad. Because it means they put, like, extra effort in because yeah. they planned to do double the work. Yeah. And I and I think Chad Stahelski kind of said that, you know, he's open to coming back, but I do think John Wick should 
rest for a while before uh, he is resurrected from the dead. Yeah. Um, but all round, and I will say, I love Ian McShane as Winston as well. Yeah. He gets, he's just, I listened to an interview with him and he, he's actually proper, because he, he comes across the characters he plays like he could be quite hard work in real life. Yeah. But he's from Blackburn. He talks very openly about his working class upbringing um, and how he's managed to, you know, break into Hollywood. He's had a fine career um, of all sorts of stuff. Um, and I look forward to seeing him in Ballerina. Fab. What's um, his star rating? Right. So... You will have probably picked up on a couple of points of negativity that I have said about... One was about Bill Skarsgård and one was about the laws that surround this world. But I still went with... When you say laws, do you spell it... L-O-R-E. I think it's just law then. All right, okay. Thanks. Um, But I still went with four and a half. I also went with four and a half. Because this... Was cinema. <laughs> it really was, though. It was finally it was like, a John Wick. There was loads of people in the watching. IMAX screen, and we were all just like, fucking hell, this is nuts. Like, yeah. everyone was, like, reacting to it. And British audiences don't tend to react even at the most amazing things. And mm. people were making noises and gasping. And yeah. it was just the perfect communal experience in a dark room. Oh. Did you say what you gave it? Four and a half, yeah. Was it time for Gerda? Yeah, I was just going to nip and get it. Go on then. It's just been on charge. <laughs> Can't remember the other films we've done to compare it to. Because as we know, we're working on this where yeah, we talk about how gay a film is. Oh, you've got a list? Yeah, I've started ranking them. Cool. Just sort out a few buttons and dials. <laughs> so... This is coming out as less gay than, than everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. So, so far, the ranking goes Scream 6, Everything Everywhere, John Wick 4, because we've only done three episodes since. Are we going to, like, refresh that every year or something? Because it'll be get a really long list otherwise. Well, I'm not going to read the whole list. Oh, time, right. You're going to just, just say, oh, this one is of... between that the Top yeah. Gear rating, which I know yeah. we don't like doing, but sit Stop. Talk. I know, I know. It's just what it reminds me when Jeremy Clarkson used to slap the <laughs> celebrity's name I don't between. Care. This is an LGBTQ content uh, podcast, and he has been less than favourable about women. So. He doesn't have airtime on okay, this. Okay, I'll stop it. Thanks. I'll stop it. <laughs> That's me told everyone. Um, but talking about, you know, actually talking about how gay is the film, not particularly. Um, I don't think it has any openly queer characters. No, the only reason that I can see it being above something else in the future is Rena. Is she queer? If she's not, she's definitely a fierce ally. I think she might be bisexual. And actually, from the character, I don't know what it is, but I could imagine her exploring yeah. that. Um, but I also wouldn't be mad if Mr. Nobody turned out to be a bit gay as well. No, would you not? No. Mm, wonder why. That's it. But yeah, are we done? And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And check out our letterboxed accounts, links of which are in the show notes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, especially on this one. <laughs> so please do feel free to drop us a message. I've been Declan. And I've been Ned. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.